Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Share Radio podcast. A pension crisis. It's horrendous. Threatening with debt collectors and the bubble that's going to cause financial havoc. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. Welcome to Managing My Money, I'm Glenn Goodman. You're listening to the show that's also a university course. Or is it a university course that's also a show? Well, that's the eternal conundrum. And here to solve it is Annie. Oh, Annie. I'm not your daddy. Hello, Glenn. <laughs> Annie has kindly agreed to be the guinea pig that we can financially prod and fiscally poke in order to explore the issues involved in managing our finances. I don't remember agreeing to being your little experimental rodent, Glenn. All right, uh, how about this then? Annie Annie is the my in managing my money. That's better. So anyway, Annie, is this a course that's also a show, or is it a show that's also a course? Well, am I right in saying we're talking about an eight-week open university course consisting of two episodes per week? Yes. And at the end of each week's two episodes, you go to shareradio.co.uk, complete the quiz questions. Yes. And then at the end of the full eight weeks, you can apply for a certificate from the Open University, which you can even put on your CV to show how financially knowledgeable you are. Yes, that's all true. Well, then I say this is a course that's a show that's a course that's a show that's a course. Okay. That's a show. Thanks. That's a course. Danny, everybody! Danny. I'm not your daddy. In this episode, we're going to be looking at income, wealth and inflation. Right, inflation obviously is one of those concepts we hear about all the time in news reports and it's hugely important in planning your future wealth but it's also widely misunderstood. So today we're going to make it crystal clear so that you can take control of your future. I want to take control of my future. You can take control. I need to take control. I'm going to help you take control. But before we get on to inflation, let's talk about income and wealth and the difference between the two. So income, first of all, that's the money you earn. It's a flow. It flows into your bank account at regular intervals, hopefully. Income, it's incoming. So it's the money you get paid from your job each month, right? Yeah, exactly. That's called earned income. But there's another type of income. It can be interest that you get from your savings or dividends, the money that you get paid by companies that you own shares in. Mm. And then you've got wealth. Wealth is a stock of assets. It's how much you've got at any given moment. Now, high income, high wealth, they both kind of say the same thing to us when we just hear them casually. What, what do they say to you? 
They, high income, high wealth. They say rich people. Yes, rich people indeed. But there's a fundamental difference. High income means you earn a lot each year, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're rich. Well, how is that possible? Because if you're getting a massive fat paycheck at the end of every month, then you're obviously loaded. Usually, yes, but not necessarily. Look, here's an extreme example to illustrate the point. You know the book Bonfire of the Vanities by Tom Wolfe? Sure, I know it, yeah. Okay. Well, the lead character, Sherman McCoy, he's a self-proclaimed master of the universe, a Wall Street banker earning nearly a million dollars per year. And this is set back in the 1980s when that was an unspeakably huge income. But Sherman, in the book, still says he's going broke. Well, how can he not be rich if he earns that much, though? Well, I just happen to have a copy here. Are you sitting comfortably? Come oh, sit by here me. Here we go. Here we go. Is this going to take long? Then I shall begin. <clears throat> of Sherman's $980,000 income, tax took a large chunk, and the interest on his home loan came to $252,000 a year. Entertaining at home and in restaurants had come to $37,000. Now, this was a modest sum compared to what other people spent. For example, Sherman's daughter's birthday party had had only one carnival ride, plus, of course, the obligatory ponies and magician, so it cost less than $4,000. After private school fees, servants, garage rent for two cars and club dues, the abysmal truth was that he had spent more than $980,000 last year. So you see, Annie, even though Sherman's got a higher income than you, you're actually more wealthy than Sherman. Doesn't that feel good? No, not really. He's, Sherman's a little bit stupid, if you ask me. If he's got all that money, he's paying it out on ponies and carnival rides, etc. Then he's just a bit stupid with his money. Doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, but surely it's still a consolation, because even though Sherman's earning all that money, mm. he's, he's a sad little man. And you well, are rich in, in spirit and joy. I would like the opportunity to be a sad little man. Give me a month on Sherman's wages and I'll show you what I can do. I can tell you all about being a sad little man. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's not much fun. And I guess sometimes it also works the other way around then. So when someone is very wealthy, but then they've only got a tiny income. Yeah, I mean, there are loads of people in that situation at the moment because house prices in London are obviously so high. There are loads of old dears kind of knocking <laughs> around in huge old houses worth millions and some of them will just be surviving on a basic state pension. So that's why lots of people get scared every time the idea of a mansion tax is raised by any of the political parties. So how does that work again? The idea of a mansion tax is that you get taxed based on how much your house is worth. So if your house is worth loads, then you have to shell out however many thousands of pounds a year, but you might not necessarily have, as I say, any more income than is provided in a basic pension, in which case you're in quite a lot of trouble there. So they'd have to shell out thousands of pounds each year based on the wealth that's locked up in their house, even though they can't access that money without either selling the house or at least doing some type of equity release scheme to effectively sell part of their house. Equity release? What's that all about? Equity release is where you unlock some of the value in your house and you get given part of the money that it's worth, which can obviously help you buy things that you want, just live your life, or even pass on money to relatives before you die. Uh -huh. And obviously there's a downside. The downside is that when you do die, you still get to live in your house until you die. But when you die, you either lose all or some of the value of that house in your estate. So your beneficiaries will not get as much money as uh -huh. they would have done for the sale of the it's house. It's like a game show. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Do you want to take the? Do you want to take the money now, or do you, do you want, want to gamble it all on the bigger house for when you die, which is not so useful to you when you're dead? Do you remember the pennies from episode one? How could I forget the pennies? Last time we heard from Mr. and Mrs. Penny, they were finding things pretty tough money-wise, but could help be at hand. Mr. Penny's mother has seen the family home shoot up in value, and she's now a paper millionaire. Amazing. <laughs> Hello, Mother. Knock, knock. It's me, Arthur. Ma, wake up. What? Oh, hello, dear. How lovely of you to drop by. How are you, dear? Well, to be honest, Mother, I've been better. Deirdre is poorly, and so with only one of us working now, we're really struggling. Oh, oh, I'm terribly sorry to hear that, dear. I know how you feel. I'm just scraping by on my pension myself. I've been eating pages out of the Radio Times and that hungry. But, but Mother, this house must be worth millions. Oh, I dare say, son, I dare say. That's what Liz said when she popped round last week. Worth a packet, she said. Really? Who's this Liz, then? You know, Lizzie. Queen Liz from the palace up the road. What? The Queen Queen? That's her. Well, we're practically next door neighbours. Mother, I do hate to ask, but we haven't got two pennies to rub together. And I think... <laughs> oh, that's a funny one, that. Two pennies, because you're two pennies, aren't you? Yes, I suppose so. Hilarious, Mother. Anyway, we were wondering if... Well, if you'd consider doing that equity release to get some money out of the house now. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. Well, why not? Because this is your inheritance, love. I I don't want to cheat you out of that. If I do equity release, we'd have to give at least part of the house to the bank when I die, and that wouldn't be fair on you. No, really, I don't mind. I'd I'd really rather have the money now. No, no, I I won't hear of it. Now, you run along back to Deirdre. It's been lovely seeing you, dear. I'll give your love to Liz when I see her. But, but, Mother... Oh, goodbye, dear. Poor old pennies, eh? Dripping in wealth, but surviving on bread and dripping. I can't believe she's friends with the Queen. That's what stuck with me. (laughs) I wonder what he's going to do. I think we'll have to wait until the next episode to find out. Right. I'm on tenterhooks. Don't know about you. I am. I can't wait. Let's get back to wealth. Not all wealth is just sitting there doing nothing. Now, your assets... You know about your assets. Your assets. They're the things that you own that are worth something. Some of your assets produce a flow of regular income, like your savings. They produce a flow of interest. They're an asset that sits in the bank. You get regular interest, which forms part of your annual income, along with your wages from work. What about if you own your house? Well, that's an asset if you own all or at least part of it, but it doesn't produce income for you unless, of course, you're renting it out to someone else and then you get your rental income. All right, here's a question for you. What are liquid assets then? People sometimes mention those. Okay, a liquid asset is something you own that can easily be converted to cash, like the money in your bank accounts, for example. It's so easy to get at that money, obviously. You just have to go to the Mm. bank or to the cash point and you get that money. And it's called, if you think of it as it flows into your pocket very easily out of the bank. So that's why it's liquid. You see it's what I'm like saying? water. 
Liquid gold. Yes. There used to be an account called Liquid Gold somewhere, I didn't there? I think there still is. Is there? I, I bet so. you earn like 0.1% yep, interest. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, but if you own some shares... They can usually be sold easily for cash too, so they're quite liquid. And you mentioned houses earlier. Mm -hmm, Yes. Well, houses are less liquid because they take longer to sell. They're more difficult to exchange for cash. And you can imagine that if there was, you know, a massive property crash or something, you might have real trouble selling your house. It could take years. That ain't too liquid. Mm -mm. That is positively illiquid. Illiquid. I see what you've done there. I, I didn't do that. Bank of England, I think, made up that word. Is it actually a real word? I think it is a real word. Illiquid. Illiquid. Okay. You're going to use that in conversation from now on. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and shoehorn it in at a dinner party. Would anybody like a little illiquid top up? <laughs> and then you give them something solid. <laughs> like a house. <laughs> okay. And if you have, say, a pension scheme with your employer, that might be totally illiquid because even though it's worth something you can't actually get any cash out of it so would stuff you put on ebay if you're selling stuff on ebay reasonably liquid it's somewhere in the middle of cash that you just draw out of a bank account and selling your house because the typical ebay auction is seven days long isn't it so you're effectively turning your rubbish into liquid gold in the space of seven Seven days days. gotcha you a fan of uh, that song craig david seven days took for a drink on monday Listed my rubber duck on Monday. Twenty people watching in on Tuesday. People started bidding on Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday it sold on Sunday. Listed my rubber duck on Monday. Twenty people watching in on Tuesday. People started bidding on Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday it sold on Sunday. Craig David. He's got liquid assets. I bet he has. Or has he spent them? Okay, are you ready to tackle inflation? Inflation, I'm ready. Inflation. Inflation. Okay, inflation in a nutshell. If there is inflation in the economy, it means the money you have now will be worth less in the future. You'll be able to buy less stuff with it. Oh, how does that work then? Well, it happens because money as we know it is really just some notes and coins. It's some pieces of paper and some pieces of metal. They're not ultimately worth anything. Hmm. So let's say the zombie apocalypse happened tomorrow. Oh, here we go. Your money would just be then some old bits of paper that no one cared about. The only things really worth something would be things like food, water. Oh, zombie hammers. What's a zombie hammers? Well, hammers you'd use to kill the zombies with. You'd need those. Yes, zombie hammers would be valuable too. You should never leave home without one. So the point is, money only has value today because we say it has. So this tenner here, we say this piece of paper here is worth £10, but because it has no intrinsic value, it has a tendency to change its worth for all kinds of reasons. Like a chameleon. So then what is the point of respecting this tenet if the intrinsic value is zero? We might as well just burn it. No, but, what are you doing? But you said it's worthless. Forget what I said. That's my tenor. Oh. Give it back. Okay, so how does that tenor end up being worth less? Here's an example. Let's say all the train drivers say we want a pay rise. We want a 10% raise. Mm, that sounds pretty plausible. 
Indeed. So let's say they get their 10% pay rise and then loads of shop workers say, well, they've got 10%, we want 10% as well. Before you know it, millions of people are asking for and getting 10%. Mm. So then what happens? Then the prices in the shops start going up by 10%, partly because the shop bosses are having to pay their workers 10% more, so they have to put up their prices to mm -hmm. break even, and partly because if everyone in the country's got 10% more money to spend and they're all feeling richer, it means the shop bosses can get away with putting up their prices more easily without losing too many customers. So if everyone's earning 10% more, but everything they usually buy costs 10% more as well, then surely no one's actually better off. It's all relative. Exactly. And that's inflation. 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 Oh, great. I've got it. It means the £10 note in your pocket is now worth less than it used to be because you can't buy as much stuff with it after all the prices went up. And you would say there has been 10% inflation. It's all a bit depressing. Do you remember our hapless robbers from the last episode? Uh, yes, of course. This time they are battling their most dangerous foe. Inflation. <laughs> That's it, Bill. I think we've broken through. Finally, Ben. We are free after 20 years of incarceration, persecution and scratchy toilet paper. Oh, those fools couldn't contain me. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, to the tunnel, Ben! Keep digging, Ben. Oh, what am I looking for, Bill? Oh, Ben... We're going to be rich beyond our wildest dreams. I buried this loot 20 years ago. Uh, oh. Aha! Here it is, Ben. A hundred thousand pounds. Ooh, oh, wow, it does look like a lot of money. <laughs> ah, so, Ben, what's the first thing you'll buy with your 25% share of the loot? 25%? Well, thanks, Bill. No problem, my man. Oh, I think I'll get some index-linked Swiss government bonds and a fishing rod. Oh, good idea, loser. I'm just popping to the loo. Ahem. Here is your bill, sir. The meal, including service, comes to £120,000. <laughs> what? Oh, you can't be serious. I, 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 I thought maybe £100, maybe £200, but £120,000. No, 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 ridiculous. A bad joke, my man. £100? Where have you been for the past 20 years? That wouldn't buy you a packet of crisps, sir. What? Inflation! Surely you know this. Where have you been living? In a cave? Like a smelly dog? What? So do you have the money, or shall I call the police? Inflation? Oh, Inflation? Hmm. Damn. Well, how much without the service? One hundred thousand. And the chef's beating your cafe latte. Piki. Right. Fine. Damn! Oh, I kind of feel bad for them, though. They waited all that time and for nothing. Yeah, but they did steal the money in the first place. I know, but still. 
Okay, so back to inflation then. There mm-hmm. are two main figures that the government use for inflation. They're called CPI and RPI. You might have noticed they're mentioned in the news when they're announcing the latest inflation figures. So they basically they calculate inflation by looking at a typical shopping basket, and it contains lots of different things that we spend our money on, and then they check the prices of those things each month to see how much they've changed. So, what kind of things are in this government shopping basket? Why do you say that with such a sarcastic about these government shopping baskets? Oh, I don't know. It's the government. Fair enough. Well, there's all the obvious stuff like bread and milk, meat, fruit and veg, clothing, kitchen appliances, TV sets. I mean, I could go on. Get go on then. Broadband connections, electricity, gas, books, stationery, package holidays, train fares, private school fees, restaurants, hairdressers. And that's just the obvious stuff. Right, what's the not so obvious stuff then? Well, sometimes they change what's in the basket based on what's popular. So, mm. they've recently added some new items to their inflation basket. E-cigarettes, Ooh. you know those things that people suck and that explode occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Protein powder has been added, which gym bunnies use to get the kind of muscles that I'm uh, displaying right now. Oh dear, I'm surprised by that second one. Protein powder, really? Yeah. Crikey. So it's just stuff that's becoming popular then as well that they add. So that basically means we're becoming a nation of e-cigarette puffing muscle bound beauties. That's right. We're a beautiful nation. Aww. And they've removed some items from the basket too. They do that quite regularly. And the latest, one of the latest is yoghurt drinks. Not so popular <gasps> anymore. Shocker! They're so 2008, darling. Indeed. And sat-navs are out. Modern phones usually have inbuilt sat-nav. Mm. So the standalone, the old standalone items are falling out of favour. So what do they do with this basket then? Well, they look at the prices every month and they work out how much the prices of everything has changed since the previous month and then they come up with a percentage figure for the change. Now, CPI inflation, that's the one that we use most these days. RPI, that's the old one, tends to be a bit higher and it includes mortgage payments, which tend to be quite volatile. So now they use CPI, it's a more steady figure because it ignores mortgage payments. So then people use the inflation figure to work out how much of a pay rise to ask for? Exactly. So if inflation's running at 5% per year, then you need to ask for a 5% pay rise that same year just to keep your real wage the same. Oh, yeah, I remember this happened a lot then after the credit crunch and during the recession. I had friends that worked for companies that were saying they couldn't afford to give them pay rises, but inflation was still going up, so stuff was more expensive, meaning that people were just effectively getting poorer. Exactly. Well, I reckon we're now all clear on inflation. You will never let... The man swindle you out of your dough again. <laughs> no, sorry. Pensions, mortgages, ISAs, oh, so very nice as managing my money. So that's it. We've got through another half hour with our brains still intact, I think. Mm-hmm. Here. I think you're right, yeah. What have we got through? Let's recap, let's recap. Oh, right, OK, so uh, so we started off with looking at income yep. and your wealth, the differences between the two, your liquid assets. Your illiquid assets, uh, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, looking at inflation as well, whistle-stop tour of equity release, mansion tax. Exactly, and the way that inflation impacts on those earlier concepts of income and wealth and so on, it eats away it does. at your, not just at your income, but also obviously if you're wealthy, if you've got, you know, £100,000 in the bank, 
and inflation is running at ten percent per year, but interest on your money is only say five percent a year,、mm. then that means that you're losing five percent of your wealth each year. Inflation is not your friend. No. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Managing My Money. Now this course is split up into pairs of episodes one and two. Three and four, and so on. And at the end of each pair, you can go to shareradio.co.uk and try the quiz to test all your newfound knowledge and wisdom. You've just been listening to episode three, so you've got to listen to episode four as well before you can try the quiz again. But do that at the end of each pair of episodes, and at the end of all of them, you can get awarded an official statement of participation certificate from the Open University. It will show that you've completed an official university course on financial planning. And you can put it on your CV. Oh, oh, indeed! Thank you very much for listening, and a special thank you to Annie for joining us and being the little guinea pig once again. Not a problem, little piggy. No, Glenn, no. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead, and after you can unwind using their free high speed Wi Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We-